0: Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a Marketing Conversation for Small Business Owners. MTFW is a production of Round Peg where we help small businesses become big businesses. This is Lorraine Ball, and this week I am so excited about our guests. It is the beginning of the holiday season. Everybody's thinking about shopping, and so I thought it would be awesome to have Eric Tobias and Rachel Modiano Johnson of IGO Digital visit with us. Um, Eric is the founder and president of what has been a really interesting rapid growth company in this market, and Rachel, as director of marketing, has, I think, a really cool perspective on what's happening in online shopping. Folks, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: Okay, so I want to uh, lead off, if there is, uh, if there are folks in our listeners who are not familiar with I Go Digital minute or so on who you are and what you guys do, and then we'll jump to the broader topic of online retailing.
1: Sure, absolutely. So I Go Digital is a software company, and we help retailers and consumer brands personalize their communications with their customers. We do this across the web, across email, across mobile, across social, uh, in, in retail stores as well as call centers. We take all this data that retailers have available either offline data or behavioral data, and we put it into a single profile or single view of a consumer, and then we have a, a, an intelligence engine that makes sense of that profile to help show that consumer uh, the next best product, the next best offer, or the next best content that will resonate with their individual need, all creating a very personalized experience uh, and personalized relationship between the retailer and the consumer.
0: And really this is a win-win I think both for the retailer and for the consumer because it makes shopping for me easier and it certainly helps retailers sell more.
1: It, it does. I mean really the, the, you know, the, the value proposition for the, the consumer is, is really powerful. We're all inundated with a variety of choices and options and there is so much uh, product coming to the market from so many different sources. That when any of us go to make a buying decision, it can almost be intimidating uh, to, to to make that choice and to make sure that the selection is, is made properly. And that especially is true when the price points are, are high. But even you know lower uh, lower priced items, we, we all want to make the best choice. So helping consumers get to the right choice is is really a powerful uh, a, a powerful thing. And then for retailers. Uh, it, 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 they're really challenged today more than ever with maximizing uh, revenues. And, and in today's economic environment, it's really important to take advantage of those customer relationships and to maximize them. And we help retailers do that.
0: I've seen a lot of research lately about the the fact that, that consumers are moving seamlessly between on and offline. They they may be standing in a store doing a price comparison on their iPhone or. They may look for something online but then drive to a store. So as you're working with some of your retail clients, some of the things that you're seeing, what kind of things are retailers doing to sort of leverage and take advantage of this trend of consumers sort of moving back and forth between on and offline? Sure. So yeah, I
1: think there's a there's a big movement uh an obvious statement here, but there's a big movement by consumers that we're all uh, almost device agnostic now in terms of how we interact with a, with a brand. So at any given moment, I may be on my desktop uh, looking at a website, and then I may get up from my desk and uh, go, go get a soda, and now I'm checking my mobile phone, and, and now my workday is over and I'm at home lounging on the couch and using my iPad. And, and, and yet, across all three devices, all three touch points, I'm interacting with with a brand in different ways. And so, if I'm a retailer today, I need to be prepared to handle that. And I need to be able to uh, develop a conversation with my customer across the multiple mediums that are available to them. You know, Walmart uh, came out with a statistic recently where they anticipated that about 40% of their traffic uh, will be from mobile this holiday season. And that, that's just shocking. Uh, Really, when, when you think about the evolution of mobile, and and, and you know the, the social numbers uh, have their own story to tell, and um, and, and so we're really truly becoming uh, a multi-channel world. So some of the things that retailers are trying to do to make sense of all this is create a single view of the customer across each of these uh, different channels. And one of the things we like to talk to our customers about is it's really not. About having a mobile strategy or a social strategy or web strategy, but it's having a, a customer centricity strategy. And, and our software really helps the retailer bring that to life because the software at IGO Digital uh, collects behavior across mobile, across email, across the web, across social, and we, we take all of that collection of data from those different channels and we put it into a single store, and, and, and therefore we allow. Uh, the retailer to have a single view of that customer. And that single view then uh, eliminates the siloed approach of what is the customer doing in the web, what is the customer doing in mobile, but instead we look at it as who is this customer and what places do they prefer to shop and what products do they prefer and what brands are they interested in. And then we and engage with that customer uh, in the appropriate channel with the appropriate message at the appropriate time. And that's really how we create a holistic strategy for our retail clients.
0: So um, as you're looking at this and without maybe, and if if you want to share the name of a client, that's great. If you want to just keep it sort of generic, can you give us maybe one or two examples of what companies are doing as they're as they're collecting this data and sort of looking at their their customers um, as as one entity, regardless of the point of interaction, on how companies are sort of moving between um, and and staying consistent across platforms.
1: Sure, uh, I, I think there's a couple of great examples of, of of this happening across the IGO digital client base. One of the first ones that comes to mind is a a client in the UK by the name of Marks & Spencer and, and, and Marks & Spencer is one of the largest retailers in Europe and, and they have embarked on a really progressive strategy to enable shopping assistance that we call guided selling uh, in, in multiple different touch points in, in the consumer journey. So it really kind of starts with the consumer on the web, that's where a lot of consumers start their research and education process. And as they, as consumers interact with the Marks and Spencer website, they can answer a series of questions, and, and as they answer those questions, uh, we, we iGo Digital, then helps recommend products based on those answers. If the consumer then gets in, in their, uh, in their car and drives to their local Marks and Spencer store, where, where there's thousands of them throughout in United Kingdom, uh, they're then able to go up to the planogram, where the products are uh, in, the, in the retail environment, and they're able to use a touch screen with a very similar experience. But instead of having to go through and answer those questions again in the store environment, they're able to, up to using their email address, they're able to pull up their profile uh, while they're standing there in the aisle trying to make the decision, and then they can see the recommendations that they were shown at home right there in the store. Um, the same is true on a mobile device. So if they're using a mobile device, they're also able to access all of that rich information while they're standing there in the aisle. I think it's a great example of uh, being where the customer is, and, and really allowing the customer to drive the conversation, uh, and the technology taking really a, a back seat to to uh, to the journey.
0: And I love I love the idea that it's just simply your email address that you use to. Um, Log in and connect, and that's sort of the common thread throughout throughout the process. So it's not some other um, uh, login, password, ID that you need. It's it's something you're already using. And the, the flip side of this, I'm sure, is that Marks and Spencer, um, after the holiday season, can send additional emails as well.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. I think um, I-, I think that that's really a great point. I'll give another example that kind of ties into that. So another client of ours, HH Gregg, is, is doing some progressive things. They're a consumer electronic and appliance retailer. And, and one of the things that they have learned is that uh, there's a heavy research uh, component to their business, and the web plays a huge role in that. So as, as I'm considering buying a big screen TV, high likelihood that I'm going to visit the HH Gregg website and do some research. And so in that environment, Um, those customers can interact with our recommendation technology via our guided selling tools in in a way where it's things like tv finders or refrigerator finders as they go through that process and and ultimately our technology helps recommend the right product what they're finding is a lot of those customers are then going into the store environment to make the actual purchase and as they do that uh, one of the things that hh greg does is they collect an email address at their uh, point of sale or their cash register And then as soon as that transaction is complete, they trigger out an email message that says, hey, thank you for your order. Within that email message, there's some uh, technology that allows iGo Digital to connect the in-store purchase with the online behavior that occurred prior to that purchase. And it allows HH Gregg to then get a real good visibility into uh, the benefit that their website is having, not only on, on, on the commerce portion, uh, of the website, but also on the commerce portion that's happening in the store. The, that, that that single view is really important.
0: Well, the other thing that's really interesting with that is um, helping um, a merchant understand the connection between, you know, there were a hundred people that researched refrigerators yesterday. We sold twenty-five or we sold fifty, and so you can start looking at your closing rate in a way that I think retail merchants were never able to do before. Um, Five years ago, it was based on how many people were in the store versus how many people walked out with a shopping bag.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. I think the the sophistication of the measurements has come a long way. Quite frankly, there's still a long way to go, but we've we've really taken a leap forward.
0: So, um, you know, these are, I mean, HH, Greg, Marks and Spencer, these are really large retailers, but if you have a smaller retail operation, what kind of things can smaller business owners um, be doing to leverage some of the the uh, the same ideas in their own businesses?
1: Sure. So I think the you know the, the the predominant message that we try to get across to clients of all sizes is is, is really the idea of creating a personalized relationship with with the customer and and that can can be very sophisticated for clients like Marks and Spencer uh, or or it can be very simple for for some of our uh, smaller mid-market clients. One of the, I think, best things to do for for a retailer of any size is to leverage the data that they have and and so if that's uh, historical purchase data, to understand how to communicate with the customer. Uh, that's that's for us kind of the building blocks of any personalization program. And I'll give you an example. So if, if you're a, a retailer who has product lines that segment between female and male, uh, one of the, the, the simple things to try to do is to, to use the data that you have to speak to your female audience in a different way than you do your male audience. Uh, we have a, a retailer uh, called Online Shoes who is in the business of selling uh, footwear and, and one of the things that we have worked with them on is to make sure that we don't send uh, any any recommendations to a woman uh, for men's shoes or vice versa. If, as a man, I don't want to see uh, the next offer for the next greatest set of, of pumps. And, 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 whatever it is, right, and, and there's lots of little examples of that, but but I think it all comes down to using the data that you have about the customers that you have to begin to, to speak to them in a very personalized way, and then add layering on sophistication on top of that uh, is, of course, the next step.
2: I think another example is, um, you know, retailers are collecting all of this data, and then at the end of the, you know, holiday season, it's like, all right, I collect the data now, what do I do with it? And um, we've created a a mechanism that we call segment builder and this allows us to collect all this data put it in a portal and then um, export to your email provider a targeted segment and these segments are performing amazingly for both large and small retailers.
0: I think because it's the idea of once you know okay so this person bought well I'll give you an example I was working with a florist what she did is she had a very simple program. She actually put uh, sent email reminders to grooms after their wedding. By the way, it's your one-month anniversary. By the way, it's your six-month anniversary. By the way, your one-year anniversary is coming up. And if you click here, we'll have flowers delivered. And I think any almost any product has those add-on features, and I think that, that's what this database tool really allows retailers to do is make those add-on sales
2: yeah and I think the other part of it is um, if you have uh, a lot of inventory in a certain grouping let's say it's summertime or springtime and you have a bunch of coats um, targeting not only behavior but also geography so give me all the people that have looked at coats in the last 30 days and live in a cold weather climate like uh, Colorado for example um, and then you're able to send not only a targeted segment based on their behavior, but also based on their geography, and it's going to resonate with them, and you're going to get sales.
0: Absolutely, I mean, because sending pretty much sending me an email about a coat when I lived in Texas, it didn't <laughs> matter if it was February; I probably would be like, "Yeah, that's nice." Right. Uh, okay, and that's that's a re- that's a really good idea. Is that you sort of continue the sales and build on? The introductions that were made over the holidays Absolutely. what other kinds of things can retailers of any size sort of be um, looking to do throughout the year I mean obviously retail culminates for most businesses between Thanksgiving and Christmas what can they do to level load throughout the year what other kinds of things using their knowledge of customers
1: Well, I think one of the the, the main things that we try to stress in addition to leveraging the data, you know, we're in the business of delivering kind of the right product or the right content at the right time. And so uh, adding uh, recommendations to their website and to their email communications is really an effective strategy. And and that technology, uh, via companies like IGO Digital, is becoming more and more uh, available to retailers of all sizes.
2: I would also say commonly, like there are a lot of retailers that are adopting this. You know, Lorraine, you said that it makes your life easier, and I think that retailers are understanding the intrinsic value both to the retailer and the consumer um, for adopting this type of personalization technology.
0: You know, um, the place where I have seen recommendations as most valuable to me as a shopper is when I'm traveling in the hotel industry. Um, the, the the peer reviews are absolutely critical. When I'm comparing three and four different hotels, um, being able to read the reviews of other people who have stayed there and see what they like and what they don't like and finding someone who sort of is planning a vacation like I'm planning and following their lead really simplifies it. Are you seeing a lot of that in, in retail as well and, and retailers incorporating not just recommendations based on what you bought before, but also sharing more of the reviews and feedback?
1: Yeah, most definitely. I think they they really go hand in hand, uh, and we're seeing a lot of correlation to that in the retail environment. I think the macro message between recommendations as well as ratings and reviews is that we as consumers are looking for that expert opinion and, and looking for that that guidance and, and, and looking for that affirmation that we're not going to make the wrong choice. I think your example is a great one. When you're planning a vacation, uh, you don't want to screw that up. It, you know, vacation is such a precious thing, and you're going to make an investment of time and money, and, and you want to get it right. And so, whether that's you're buying a vacation, or you're picking out your next big screen TV, or you're deciding which bank to use for your next mortgage, uh, whatever the decision you're trying to make, Uh, the ability to get a recommendation and then to read uh, information from your peers, I think is a really critical part of the process. And and what we're seeing is that experience that for most consumers has been uh, kind of a a de facto on the web over the last couple years, consumers are now expecting that experience in mobile and they're expecting that experience in the store. So in many cases, the reviews that are available uh, or the recommendations that are available are better than the store associates are able to give, and so as a retailer of any size, you know how do you enable the consumer to get that information in the retail store at the point of purchase? You know that's a really important thing.
0: So how I mean, how is that changing, or is it yet changing um, the role of the salesperson? The knowledge level required? I mean, five years ago when I walked into, whether it was H.H. Gregg or Fry's or particularly electronics, I'd walk in and I'd ask the person and I expected them to know more. How is that changing as consumers are coming in with printouts and and links on their iPad or on their phone to information they've already researched and they know more than the salesperson?
1: Yeah, it's... uh... (laughs) It's here. It's happening. I think think the answer to your question is, it changes the role of the sales associate, but it also changes the role of the retailer, and and really smart retailers are embracing it, and retailers that are having challenges are the ones that are fighting it. I think the more that retailers embrace the the consumer voice and the fact that the consumer is in charge, and they provide them tools to, to continue to be in charge, those are the retailers that are gonna win and so to your point you know five years ago you might have walked into an electronics store looking for uh, a guy or gal that knew everything about every product that that just doesn't happen today um, the same is true in a you know a boutique clothing store or a, a an old-time bookstore i mean it, there certainly are occasions where you find an associate that is you know just just top-notch but that's more and more rare and, and and retailers can't scale that, and so the way that uh, the way that technologies like Igo Digital's come into play is we help retailers scale that that smart associate uh, across millions of interactions on a daily basis.
2: And I think we've got a, a couple of cool examples where um, retailers are arming their sales associates with iPads in the store, um, especially for the holidays. Whether it's a kiosk or an iPad in the hand of a a a store associate, that's allowing and and giving them a leg up. So maybe it's got inventory information on it or something like that that the consumer can't get on the web. um, And they're able to provide that extra value so that their consumers are actually talking to the store's associate rather than just bypassing them and using a kiosk or a mobile checkout point.
0: But that actually is, um, uh, it also Allows the um, sales associate to have a certain level of expertise and to supplement what they do or don't know um, by being able to tap into that that network, whether it's inventory, whether it's to do a quick comparison of features. Um, I I think it the end game is that it ultimately improves the customer experience, and if it does, they're going to buy. Absolutely,
2: yeah,
1: that's right, and we're seeing this, I think, predominantly with. Uh, retailers who have brick and mortar uh, as well as online businesses, but we're also seeing it in in some uh, some some more called obscure channels where the, the retail business is really driven off of say a catalog, and you have consumers who are picking up the phone and calling in as their primary communication with the retailer. You know, typically in those environments, those call center environments, you have a very high turnover of sales associates. And so this technology allows you to enable those sales associates with the right information uh, without a a huge investment in education.
0: Wow. Yeah, you don't really think about all the different ways that you can improve the sales experience. So, you know, this uh, clearly this trend has sort of expanded, it's expanded dramatically. I think back to uh, 12 years ago, I was teaching a, a marketing class and I asked my students, and they were all college students, how many of them had shopped online uh, for Christmas and nobody put their hand up. And I asked a year later and a few people did. And I came back another year later and everybody almost put their hand up and said, yeah, at least a little bit. Um, are there still segments where where you're not seeing this crossover? It's hard to believe, but are there segments or certain products that really haven't moved gracefully online?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I, I guess I would answer that as th- there are still open niches that at, really smart retailers are figuring out how to leverage. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I talked to a, a prospect yesterday that is selling sweaters, and they had some really interesting data that 90% of sweaters are purchased by females, uh, but their particular business is is targeted at the 10% of, of male sweater shoppers. And it's a really targeted wow. niche But because it's a targeted niche, they have figured out how to buy the right Google keywords. They've figured out how to run the right Facebook campaigns. They've they've done some very strategic, very focused initiatives to bring the right traffic to their website to purchase sweaters uh, targeted for for the male population. It's a really specific example, but I think it speaks to where retail is going, And, and, and that is there certainly will always be a role of the mass merchant who sells everything and anything. But what we're really seeing online is, is, is really targeted, focused, niche-based businesses. Um, and, and to answer your question, there will always be an untapped market there because um, trends change, interests change, uh, new technologies enable marketers and retailers to get to new customer segments in different ways. Um, and, and, and so those things are kind of neat to us to, to help enable.
0: Fabulous. I know that this is hard to believe, but we have just blown through almost 25 minutes. Um, this has been a really great conversation. I think really, really interesting. If people want to know more about IGO Digital, if they want to reach out to you guys, how do they find you? How do they make connections?
2: Uh, sure. We are at um, IGODigital.com and um they could uh, send an email into tell me more at igodigital.com our twitter handle is at igodigital and we'd love to take any of your questions or comments
0: awesome thank you so much this has been really great i i love the uh kind of the the examples that cuz i think that really is what crystallizes it thanks again for your time guys
2: thank you thanks Lorraine.
0: If you have enjoyed today's program, if you'd like to learn more about marketing, social media, and web design, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.